Parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself, What would kids do? Then pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. Start planning at visitcalifornia.com. All right, everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Sky High Sports and Entertainment with the legend, the man, the myth, the goatmentator himself, Bo Estes, NBA.com, top 10 commentator. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing fantastic, man. I uh, always am worried when people give me such a good introdu- introduction. Uh, but, you know, look, I've, I've been lucky, lucky, lucky to have this career that I've had. So I appreciate uh, everybody who has ever listened to what I do. It's 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 my my journey has been such a gift for me. So thank you. Thank you for that really nice introduction. Absolutely. No, I mean, I uh, I could have gone on for much longer because I really <laughs> uh, looked up to you growing up and Thank got you. you at the sports business classroom this summer. And if you have not listened to uh, Bo Estes, the Goatmentator, as he's known online, do the NBA.com top 10. It will make your day, even if you're not a basketball <laughs> fan, probably. Uh, speaking of your career, Bo, and thank you for that little introduction as well, because that leads perfectly into, I wanted to ask, you know, what initially kind of inspired you to pursue this career? Uh, I'm I'm not lying when I say this, although your listeners are going to probably think I'm making this story up. When I was uh, roughly about six, seven years old in Southern California, Uh, I lived in a little town called Mission Viejo, and I told my parents, I swear to you, I'm not joking at all, I want to be a sportscaster. And I never, ever, ever diverted from that path. Never, not once. Uh, Guidance counselor in high school, don't need you. Guidance counselor in college, no thanks. I don't need you. I was sports editor for my high school newspaper. I did the same thing in college. I was broadcasting high school games in high school and in college. And so that's what, you know, I always wanted the job that I have. And I tell people that's it's a great realization of a young kid's dream. But also, you know, if you want to look at the other side of it, I'm living the life a six-year-old wanted to live. So there's both sides of that story. Uh, but, you know, from there, you know, imagine you're living in Southern California and you can tell from my hair that I'm a little bit gray now. So I'm a little bit older. Uh, Magic Johnson came along when I was a kid. And so I, my first NBA memory was Magic Johnson as a rookie winning that title against the Philadelphia 76ers moving over to play center for uh, the Lakers when Kareem was out and won the MVP of that series as a rookie, uh, which is still just, if you think about a rookie winning finals MVP, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It it won't, it won't happen today. No, exactly. You see these draft winning finals MVP. It's, 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 it's nuts. Uh, But there was this old broadcasting company called on TV and there's a song, it's an old song that is probably way before your time, Skylar, but called Do You Believe in Magic? And they were playing Never. that on the outro with Magic Johnson highlights, and it just hit me so hard how much I love the highlights and how much I love uh-huh. the game. And it never left me. It just never, ever left me. Uh, that passion, that joy. And in, in the 80s, they, the NBA used to have these commercials uh, NBA action. It's fantastic. And if you go on YouTube, you can look up these old things and it just always moved me that stuff in such a way that I always pushed myself in that direction. And honestly, Skylar, a lot of it is the hard work and a lot of it is having the dream. A lot of it is luck too, though, yeah. uh, because my family moved to Atlanta 
Uh, I went to college in the state of Georgia. Uh, the Olympics came to Atlanta when I was there. So all sorts of broadcasting opportunities and, you know, Turner sports is in Atlanta. So all those things sort of came together and worked for me to allow me to have this, this, you know, just very fortunate ride that I've been on. So I, you know, I attribute, I attribute a lot of it to work and I attribute it a lot to luck too. That's, that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, there's been iterations of, uh, of do you believe in magic by, by different, you know, Disney channel artists growing up or a scene in American pie. So sure. I'm familiar with the song and I get it. The right, the right music, the right voice like yours over highlights, uh, I mean, it's to keep using the word, there is something really magical about it. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to get into a bit of current NBA today as well, because there's a lot going on. But I did want to ask you uh, at least one more thing about your career before we circle back around that at the end, which is what advice do you have for people looking to pursue a similar career? It's it's very specifically this. Find what makes you feel the way I felt about NBA highlights. Fi if you're young, the world's open to you. If you're young, you can follow your dreams very specifically and work as hard as you can to get to that specific passion. And if you do that, two things will happen. One, you'll never work a day in your life. Two, uh, you'll do better because you're more focused, you're more interested, you're more passionate about what you're doing. So you'll produce a better result. Um, you know, it's it's probably a good thing that not everybody lands as specifically on their dream as I do, uh, because dreams mature, people change and stuff like yeah. that. Like I said, I'm still living the dream of a six year old. Yeah. Um, that's cr just nuts. I mean, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but I think that passion and find what makes you really passionate about something, what makes you feel that way. And you can course correct as you get older. I mean, I did some of that myself, uh, but you know, always work towards that and you'll live a better, happier, uh, more passionate life. That is absolutely uh, incredible, li incredible life advice, Bo, especially because I think, you know, not to get too deep into it, but one of, one of my main theories on happiness in general is that, right, when we are kids, we, we sort of have it figured out. We, ha we haven't been through much. No kids, you don't sure. see worrying or caring what other people think. So I think, the, the key to happiness as an adult is really staying in touch with that part of yourself in some yeah. way and being able to course correct. And I know that, you know, for me personally, I, I was a financial advisor talking sports every day and, and entertainment and stuff. And that uh, that led me here. That led me to sports business classroom. And that led me to interviewing someone like you who I've really looked up to. Well, thank you. And I, I think I think you're doing it right, too. And if you think about sports business classroom, you're tapping into your talent and your passion there because you've got that background uh, with, with numbers and financials and, and you mesh that with your passion for the NBA and you become an attractive candidate for people who are looking some, for somebody like you just to have that expertise and that passion. Though the, That's a, sort of like a it's a combo skill set that those teams are looking for very often. Wow, I really uh, sincerely appreciate that. That's probably the kindest thing anyone's ever said to me <laughs> during an interview on any podcast mm -hmm. I've done or interviewed. I may know you a little bit better than your other guests. True, though. it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I got uh, when I got Josh Powell or NBA players or athletes on here, it's sort of I'm oh, you had Josh oh, Powell on here. I did on my other one, Mamba Moments. Yes, I did. Okay, so just real quick side story. Yeah, yeah. I NBA uh, champion with the Lakers, by the way, with Kobe. Okay, so sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll also give you this. When I was first getting out of high school or when I was first getting out of college, my first job, real full-time job 
was I was uh, the local CBS in Atlanta high school reporter. So I would run around Bo to go to every little high school game. And I covered Josh Powell when he was wow. at Riverdale high school, oh my uh, God. Josh Powell. And like, I remember his coach, the quote was Josh Powell is the finest player ever to come out of Riverdale County. Wow. I remember that very specifically. And he was great. He was unbelievable. He went on to yeah. NC state and, you know, obviously with the Lakers, but yeah, it was really cool to see a guy that young with that much talent. And back then in Atlanta, you know, and, and even just a little bit later, it was like folks like Dwight Howard and Lou Williams coming through. There was a lot of talent, but he was certainly one of the big names. Absolutely. Yes. Especially in his era, as far as uh, his post play and being athletic, yeah. athletic, bigger guy was really uh, amazing. And that's, I think, why Kobe respected him so much. You know, if Kobe yeah. really respects you as a player, you generally know that you've got a pretty intense work ethic. And so, yeah, no, no. Or what were you it's, it's it's interesting you talk about Kobe because I just it really hits me with that guy how there are players that are you know like 28 to 35 now that are so passionate about Kobe Bryant yeah he was the he was their shining star he was their north star that they looked to um and I get that I really do get that so it's 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 you know and, and Kobe set a high bar so yeah. if Kobe respected you it was very 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 meaningful. Yeah, abs absolutely. I mean, speaking, I just celebrated my 30th birthday, actually. So I'm right in that zone where, yeah, he was just, he was everything, right? Because I think something about that age group, too, is we got to see a little bit of MJ, a little bit of MJ. And I know that for me, I saw Kobe on when I really like fell in love with him as a player uh, was my fifth birthday, the Kobe MJ All-Star Game, February sure. 1998, when they went at each other. Because I knew MJ I was, there. was on the way out. You were there? Yeah. Oh my God. What was that like? There's never been an energy in a building like when Michael Jordan's there. There's yeah. just not. There's nothing like it. It's 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 a different level than anything we've ever seen. Uh, but the world was wild then because Kobe was very clearly patterning himself right after Michael Jordan, yeah. all yeah. the way down to his mentality. And so his mentality being like Mike's was I'm gonna come after you. Yeah, I'm going after you. And so it was it was a great moment, you know, seeing this guy. I, I you know, it, it, you know, Kobe Bryant is a special. Spe he has a special place in NBA history, a really special place because he may have been the last incredible superstar before the league changed to this three point era. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I agree with you. I think that's an incredible insight and and yeah it's, it's no that's that's great story and insight and i think to finish what i what i was saying right on top of that was that i think for people like me it was like mj sort of on 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 the way out soon so who is going to be our michael jordan and and the closest thing what was kobe bryant to that do you remember the question that i asked all of you media students at sports business classroom when we were in the team room I really specifically asked it because of your age group and the way you guys might feel. It was this. Is there any part of people your age who resent Michael Jordan? Yeah. Who resent that he is on a plateau that your favorite superstar just cannot seem to reach, that he's set apart, that he is different from everybody else? Do you resent that? And I think about that a lot. I think about that a whole lot that – you know, everybody's scratching and clawing and trying to get there. Nobody ever can quite get there. And what does that mean to younger fans and how do they 
feel about that because these are their heroes. And I think that's an important thing to, to think about, to think about young fans and look, darn it all. This, this is my favorite player ever. This is the best basketball I've ever seen. Why are you yeah. telling me it's not as good? That's, that's a thing I think about a whole lot. And it's, it's very interesting. I think, I think, I think with, a lot of LeBron fans, probably there is more. I think with sort of the the in between of Kobe in particular, Kobe showed so much respect to Michael that there can't be any resentment, you know, because that was that was that's the interesting. Guy he he modeled after like if you if you were a Kobe fan, it was like wow, this guy's trying to to catch MJ. He's yeah, got the championships, the tongue out. Now he's bald after the Afro too, and uh, <laughs> it, it was it was amazing. So I think I think though with LeBron. Right, the chasing ghosts, not having that same relate. Also, you knew Kobe and MJ had this relationship, yep. so I think that really affected the lack of. But I think with with LeBron and then whoever the next guy is, you know, whether it's Zion, Luca, Victor Wembanyama, um, we'll we'll see. And I think again, you know, I know Zion, for example, really grew up looking at MJ highlights. It all comes down to to probably how the player uh, talks about them and, and their relationship to MJ. So it's tough yeah, like because LeBron's clearly trying to almost market himself yes. as better than MJ. And I think at least in his mind, he thought that record was going to be a bigger deal. And I like personally, look, I was disappointed by the reception of the record. I thought it would be a bigger deal too. I thought yeah. people would go crazier over it. And it just felt like it sort of thudded um, to me. Uh, I thought it was I was going to ask but, what your thoughts were on the record. Well, yeah. so here's the other thing I'll say to you. Like I thought about it afterwards, like why didn't it impact more people in a bigger way? Why didn't the sports world stop in a bigger way? And I, I was thinking back to Emmett Smith's rushing record, which was the big record in the NFL. And it wasn't that big of, it was a big deal, but it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, this means Emmett Smith's the greatest player. It didn't have that impact. And I guess I, I sort of draw a parallel there, but I thought, I guess going in, I thought this is going to be, it, it is, don't get me wrong. For me, it's huge for LeBron. I just yeah. thought it would be bigger for fans. I thought they would go wild. I thought there'd be t-shirts and all sorts of, you know, just all sorts of craziness. And I'm living in LA. I thought this town, I would, I would see, you know, crazy stuff. And it just sort of passed. And that's weird to me, but like it was, it wasn't like it didn't get a big reception. I just thought it would be much bigger. I understand. Yeah. And I, I part of that might even be this social media, immediate consumption world we're living yeah. in as yeah. well. But I mean, I, I know that for me, that was actually my birthday was February 8th and I was on the oh. East Coast. So 1159. February 7th. So well going into my 30th milestone birthday, uh, Le LeBron, it's all going on on TV. I jumped, I jumped for joy like a kid, you know, I was, yeah, I was, no, it was as, as an NBA historian and people who care about it, like us, how can you not? I thought it was think, an Kareem. It was an amazing moment. Think about this. LeBron is the most hyped prospect I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. The most hyped. And he lived up and exceeded every single bit of that hype how often does that happen i mean never 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 does that happen it's yeah. incredible what he's done as as a player as a person uh with his health with his consistency i mean you can you can sort of you know 
question around the edges of like, I'm chasing championships in Miami and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Yes. Absolutely. Players do that. Players do that now. I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't like, you know, MJ never chased a championship. Well, fine, whatever. I don't, I, I hate holding everybody up to that untouchable standard of MJ, even though I sort of, I get it, but I yeah. also like, my God, give this guy credit. He's incredible. Yeah. He's absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah. You know, and if you if you tell me he's the he's the greatest player you've ever seen, I'm totally with it. I understand it. I get it. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts overall on sort of the LeBron MJ or I, I do? I think we both know which is that you know Michael Jordan's untouchable. Yeah. No, he is set apart from the rest of the world. I mean, yeah. I think I think maybe every athlete in every sport chases yeah. Michael Jordan. And I, I watched. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Well, I do know why that is. There's two things. One, like I was watching, I was uh, a guest on an Australian radio show. Wow. And the intro coming in was something about Australian rules football. And it said, this is just a couple of weeks ago. He's the Michael Jordan of the sport. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, everywhere mm -hmm. you go in the world, it's Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan. So he has set himself so far apart, not just from basketball players, but from anybody anywhere yeah. in doing anything um and i think that is some of that is he is you know clearly the best that most of us have ever seen uh some of that is the mentality that he has that i don't know that it's entirely healthy but no. it's, it's it's crazy wild it inspired uh, the rest of the world i think that's the benefit it's like don't take every single thing copy and paste yeah. But boy, yeah. isn't there a lot to learn from these yeah. guys from MJ? I, but I ended up, I ended up sort of uh, burning it down to a couple sentences. I think it's this: I think MJ flew higher, LeBron flew longer. Yes, I think I that's it. I, that. I, I don't think that LeBron's ever quite reached that top level that MJ reached, but I think he's been at this level just a half step down for so darn long. Yeah. And if that's meaningful to you and maybe even more meaningful to you, I understand. Yeah. I understand. You're never going to hear me, uh, you know, critique LeBron's play. Never, no, no, ever. And I think, I think, you know, something I mentioned is that um, because, yeah, I, I think what, what irks people a little bit is when he comes out and sort of says like, well, I'm the, I'm the greatest player ever after I won my third championship, I was the greatest yeah. player ever. And I, I think that's where some of it, it comes from, you know, but I think that, you know, what I really take away from LeBron's scoring record is you hear about a kid who is bouncing around from home to home growing up, mom working, can't get to school stable full time, friends passing away due to violence in the neighborhood when he's 16. And you're going to tell me and you ask someone, what do you think this kid will grow up to do? And he takes that and becomes the all time leading scorer. I think that is the the most inspiring part of his story. And uh, to see LeBron, MJ, Kobe. Sure. Tell me about a time LeBron's ever gotten in trouble. Yeah. I don't know it. Yeah. No. I don't know it. This is a, this is a kid who is so focused and did such a good job and is such a good role model for so many people. I've got you know, I've got nothing but great things to say about LeBron. And yes, I do think he is trying to like almost the 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 contemporary expression is speak it into existence. Yeah. He's like trying and everybody yeah. sees him trying like I'm better than MJ. I'm better than MJ. Please believe me. I'm better than MJ. And everybody sees that effort and it does come off. Like the word I hear used with him is corny a bit yeah. and it is, and I get it, but like, 
it's got to be frustrating, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's like he, he does all these things and turns around. Does that make me better than MJ? And everybody's just like, does yeah. that make me better than MJ? That's got to be maddening. It's yeah, got to no. be maddening. And right? the whole the whole generational divide, absolutely. And I think to uh, to take it back between MJ and LeBron a bit, something at the sports business classroom. I know we were talking some Kobe earlier. I think you said you had a story about meeting Kobe, and so I would love to hear what that is. Okay, so um, you're gonna laugh at this, but years ago, earlier in my career. I, uh, in addition to being on camera, I helped produce some features and I spent a year traveling around the NBA with a, there was this old group called new edition and there was a splinter oh, group yeah. called bell Biv DeVoe. DeVoe. Yeah. Michael Bivens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they had the song called Poison or whatever. So Michael Bivens was a big star back in the day in this group and he was a basketball fanatic. And so I traveled around the country with Michael Bivens for a year wow. uh, doing basketball stories. In fact, we we spent time uh, at LeBron's high school interviewing LeBron's high school football coach who said who won a Super Bowl and said LeBron's a top three football player of all time if he wants to go that way. Wow. Um, that's I incredible. But so we, we go out to the Lakers uh, practice facility, which used to be at El Segundo. And um, this is when Carl Malone. And uh, Gary Payton had joined the team and oh, okay. their old PR guy, John Black was just like, I can't control it anymore. Get what you can get, do what you can do. And we were with TNT, right? So we were the big dogs in the room. We could do just about anything we wanted to do, but they would let you into practice about five to 10 minutes before the practice was over. And this is before the three point era. Keep this in mind. And I saw Kobe level the intensity beyond it was like a volcano of intensity in that practice with him talking smack to everybody Shaq, carl malone gary payton anybody that would listen and what i weirdly i was standing right beside him on the court like he was on the court and i was two feet away and he's going around a carl malone screen two feet outside the three-point line and pulls up on a fadeaway and drains it and walks off the court talking smack like you wouldn't believe. And the thing I remember about this is like, that's before people shot those three-point shots. Yeah, it wasn't allowed. You weren't supposed to shoot that shot in the game, but he had it. Kobe had that shot. He could make that shot. He would do fine in this era. The other thing I remember about that story, besides him just being so darn intense in a practice, is we arrived early. And so Kobe had his own PR person and that PR person had two arms full of gifts. And it was like David Beckham was sending Kobe stuff. All these stars were sending him stuff. Uh, there were some uh, boxes of uh, beats by Dre. Just all this stuff was coming to Kobe. And then, so Kobe is a thousand degrees hot coming off the court. 60 seconds later, he comes out, joins me and Michael Bivens out there on the court and does the best interview you've ever seen in your life. He was wow. incredible. He was personable. Uh, he was fun. He was just, he was everything you want in your Kobe Bryant, in that hero, in that idol. He was every last bit of everything you'd want him to be. And the cameras weren't really on in that moment before we got in there because you're not allowed, you're not really filming that. But when he came over to us, he was perfect too. It was just a great Kobe Bryant experience. Um, just absolutely everything you'd want in a basketball hero like that.
That is amazing to hear. Is there anywhere to uh, to find this interview or just type in Kobe Bryant, Michael Bivens? Yeah. You know what's funny is I like all those. It was a feature called Running the Point with Michael Bivens. Okay. Uh, and I think there is one or two that are still out there on YouTube. We probably have them in the Turner Sports Library somewhere. It's like a Raiders of the Lost Ark for NBA library yeah. where you're down in the vaults and everything like that. But there's it's probably down there somewhere. I don't know if it's been uploaded to YouTube. I could probably figure out the date if I went back and checked stuff. But um, yeah, all that stuff I wish got out there better. Yeah, uh, because we have a vault. I've got a feature. I I went before the daily show was doing those silly features i was sent out to the twinkies headquarters for charles barkley's birthday and we did this big comedy feature on twinkies and charles barkley and you know those were just great experiences doing that we used to have just a humongous budget to do stuff media is different now right like we we just have tons and tons of money uh but it was fun. And, and uh, you know, all that stuff's in a library somewhere at Turner Sports. That's great. No, that, that's an amazing story. And definitely, you know, you hear about the Olympics and Kobe sort of showing up. Um, he's going he's going to work out at 4 a.m. And the other guys are getting back from the club and they realize, hey, we need to step it up. And so I, I love hearing those stories of someone just so dedicated to their craft and uh and it's amazing and he did take those Steph Curry threes before Steph Curry for sure and I think that's key for people young people to remember it's not that those players couldn't hit those shots it's that they weren't permitted to take those shots they were considered bad shots until smarter people got into NBA front offices and coaching positions and said no the math works out we're going to take these shots and we're going to take a lot of these shots and Give Steph a ton of credit because he's the guy that popularized that and sort of made everybody say, okay, this works. And Steph's the greatest shooter that we've ever seen, although Damian Lillard's getting there now. I was just going to say, speaking of Kobe and long shots, at the time of this recording, last night, Damian Lillard drops 71 points in regulation, trailing Kobe Bryant for third most 60-point games and Wilt Chamberlain, but second to Kobe in the modern era with five, and he was the first player with 70 points five rebounds, five assists, and 10 three-pointers, and more than each of those, and the eighth player to ever score 70s. I want to know, you know, what are your thoughts on this performance and just the level of scoring in the NBA? Donovan Mitchell had 71, which was the first time that two players have ever scored 70 in one season. So, yeah, so in back-to-back months, we have 71-point performances by players. It's insanity. We are now in an era with three different players who have scored 70 or more in a game in their career with Devin Booker as well with the Phoenix Suns. That's never happened before. We've never had three active players who've scored 70 or more points in a game. I don't think we've ever had two, frankly. I think Wilt Chamberlain was one and alone, and I think Kobe was one and alone for a while, and he didn't overlap when Devin Booker's happened. Um, So, you know, what Damian Lillard did slash has done – uh, is remarkable. And here's here's the context I got to thinking about it with uh, uh, Damian last night, Skyler. Imagine placing Damian Lillard on the Golden State teams and Steph Curry on the Portland Trailblazers teams. Is the outcome that much different than what we've seen? Do the Blazers have zero championships with Steph? And do the Warriors have four championships with Lillard? I'm not saying that Lillard's just as good as Steph Curry, but he's damn good. 
Yeah. He's really good. Where he man. was pulling up from yesterday. Oh my God. There was one shot. So, you know, I did the highlights last night for the NBA. Yes. And it's wild because I know what's happening. But when you're working my job, you have to have sort of an awareness of everything at once. And so you're looking around and, okay, Damian Lillard's going off and I'm seeing this and I'm aware of it. And then the highlight comes to me and I'm calling it. And I see that he has 25 points in the second quarter, but I haven't seen the highlights yet because I'm calling other highlights. And so as the one shot where he comes running across the, the half court and just fires, there's like, if you listen to my, uh, my call, it's like, uh, you know, and then a heat check from Damian Lillard. What is he doing? It's almost like, I can't believe I'm yeah. calling it. And I'm also commenting to myself about how absurd this is. Um, and then you talk about offensive players in this era that, you know, scoring is nuts. Now scoring, we just, so the Clippers lost in overtime last night to the Nuggets. The game prior to that, Second they lost in, in double overtime um, to the Kings. That was the second highest scoring game of all time. Yeah, scoring is nuts now. Yeah, um, and so I think you can you can have a lot of thoughts on that, but one of those thoughts must be: we are in an age of incredibly talented players. Mm -hmm. uh, with incredibly smart coaches who know how to get those players open and know how to, you know, drop really good plays and, you know, take every bit of advantage of the rules. There's some other stuff that's going on, right? Like, yeah, defense. Yeah. You know, I'm friendly with some former officials and the rules interpretation are looser now. Yeah. They are. We are at, we're making it easier for offensive players to score, but don't ever ever let that make you think that these aren't incredible players those shots that they are hitting nobody hits i mean you know i i cover other leagues it's not like that in other leagues we are in a very rich vein of nba offensive talent right now oh it's it's absolutely unbelievable i don't think you could have said it better and uh, i i do have one more sort of nba question before we do just a couple questions on your career to uh wrap things up here and that's related to this which is right we're seeing you know also dame didn't score 72 once you get into that sort of 60 plus threshold each point comes very difficult so when we're talking about Kobe Bryant's 81 point being, let's just say the standard for the modern era, Wilt had the 100, obviously. Since, since the merger, it's the most. Sure. Yes. And so um, do you think there's anyone in today's NBA who will, and if so, who <laughs> score more than 81 points in the next decade or so? What's funny is who will is a lot different than who could. Yes. It's a different way you're putting exactly. it because yes. now you're saying put your name on the line and do you think someone will? Wow. Um, so the challenge with these scoring marks is that it's important that the other team stays within shouting distance of you while you're going off because, you know, if you're winning by 50 and you've got 50 through three quarters, you're probably not playing in the fourth quarter. Um so it's important that somebody else is staying with you. Do I think somebody will? Okay. My first choice would be Dame or Steph. Those yeah. would be my first. So the reason I would pick Dame over Steph, honestly, is because the Blazers aren't as good mm -hmm. as the Warriors. If the Warriors are fully healthy. So I would. Okay. So I'm going to say, I think it could happen. And if it did happen, 
I think it would be Damian Lillard who did it. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to add somebody else to this list. You just made me think about. It. Man, you've really cornered me on this one. I like this one. Um Kevin Durant in Phoenix. Wow. How about that? How about that? Wow. Uh, because he is you can't guard him like you could if he's a one man show like Damian Lillard. You know, in thinking about it, you know, they could have sent the house at Damian Lillard last night. They didn't necessarily do that. You can't do that with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix. And, you know, if you want to throw Chris Paul and some other folks in there, uh, maybe Kevin Durant, too. I think Damian Lillard is the most perfect choice because he's not on a great team. He's yeah. got a green light all the time. I think he's the best choice for that. But I think Kevin Durant could do it. I think Steph Curry could do it. You know what? Man, you've really thrown me with this one. This is a great question, Skylar. Thank you. Um, uh, the most incredible quarter, Clay Thompson scored 37 in a quarter. Yeah, and he's had 42 and and 10th first player to have a two yeah. three-point nights, which was the record for a long Think time. Think about that. Like, there's yeah. a record of threes that Steph Curry doesn't have, and it's his teammate who has it. That's how crazy the Warriors are. I mean, it's just nuts. Yeah. Um, but it's this this just giant green light that the league has now. That's yeah, it's going to change every scoring record. All the records are going to fall if people keep shooting like this. I mean, if you look at if you look at what's going on over in France, Victor One Benyama is seven and five shooting one footed threes in games, and they're going in. Sorry. I mean, come on, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say yes, and I, I if I have to pick a player, it's Damian Lillard. Uh, uh, but. You know, I, I see some other guys out there. Kevin Durant. I don't think Giannis could score that many. No. Don't think Embiid could score that many. You know the other good choice? Luka Doncic. Although That's Kyrie's going to get the ball well, a little yeah. bit more. Kyrie's going to get the ball a little bit more in Dallas. But I, I don't see Kyrie having a problem sort of feeding Luka. You know, of all the things that you can question about Kyrie, one of them, uh, I, I I don't think he would hate seeing a teammate succeed. I think he's that kind of guy. I, think he, I don't think he minds that. Yeah. No, it'll be really interesting because who knows how long – They'll be together. You, you did inspire me, though, with Kevin Durant in Phoenix to ask one more NBA question. Before sure. We begin to wrap things yeah, up. Feel here. free. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Go ahead. And I have to ask, you know, because uh, since you work with, with the NBA and stuff, but do you have a prediction or favorite in what is probably one of the most wide open seasons we've ever seen? I mean, the Lakers are 12th uh, in the Western Conference right now, and they're two and a half games out of sixth place. It's absurd how tight the league is. Do you have any championship favorite prediction, anything like that? It's always predicated on everyone being healthy. All these pr predictions yes. are. So if everyone, everyone stays, healthy. yeah, if everyone stays healthy, I like Milwaukee and Phoenix in yeah. the finals, which is interesting because that's a rematch of two years ago, but it's a very different AD. story with Kevin Durant there now. Um, and I like, I've said Milwaukee all year long, but now that Kevin Durant's in Phoenix, oh, it's so close. I'm going to go with Milwaukee still. I'm yeah. still going to go with Milwaukee. I think they, look, I think that... <clears throat> All of these champions, there's no asterisk by a championship in my book. I will never, no, ever yeah. say that. I but I think everything broke Golden State's way last year. They were not beating a healthy Milwaukee team, I don't think. Uh, but that's important is to have things break your way. But if, boy, if everybody's healthy, we, you know, as we sit here and talk, we still haven't seen Kevin Durant play a game in Phoenix. Yeah. We I don't know that's what that's going to look like. I, I think those, oh, I, think, I think that's who I think, uh, 
might be taking it home because I think just the offensive fit is is too good. I mean, and Chris Paul and Kevin Durant alone, Kevin Durant having a passer like that, then you add in 71 point scoring Devin Booker and you have DeAndre Ayton clogging up the paint. It's I, I really think that they are the team to beat just because of their roster at the moment. They are a great, great offensive team. I wonder about them defensively. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a favorite for defensive player of the year, and yeah. he may be the second best defensive player on that team behind Giannis. Uh, and Drew Holiday's a great defender. So they really bring it on both ends of the court in a way that I don't know that Phoenix can. Yeah. And the, the other thing that people really need to understand that this is, I've learned in the years of covering this league, NBA regular season basketball is here. NBA playoff basketball is way above that. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different sport almost. Yeah. So defense really comes into focus in the playoffs. And I look forward to that. I look forward to seeing how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. No, it'll be great. And thank you so much. You know, as someone who who commentates on the NBA every day, <laughs> works works with the best. Uh, it's it's fantastic to hear your insight on basketball. So before we kind of wrap things up a bit here, I wanted to ask you just a few more questions about sure. uh, your the totality of your career and everything. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite play specifically, and or a favorite player's highlights? that you've been able to comment on commentate on. So for me personally, uh, a favorite, I'll, I'll tell you my favorite. I had a top five. I think it was May 3rd, 2016. That's my favorite call that I feel like helped change my career. I think that's the date, uh, but it was, it was a, the number one play was Mike Scott making a dunk for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, and so that is one of my favorite plays just because of the call on that, because of the notoriety from that really helped me player. Um, that lob city team, Deandre Jordan was just nuts oh, for me. Man. I mean, they, they provided so much great oh. highlight content for me to go wacko over. I just lost my mind covering that team. So that was a lot of fun for me, uh, to cover that team. One dunk, though, maybe Blake Griffin on Timofey Mozgov uh, was out of this world. And I'll tell you, the truth is that I used to go into NBA TV every night and, you know, I would do like a host a segment for League Pass. And then I would go call highlights in what I called the vertical coffin. It was a sound booth booth. And I would um, the only two times I've ever heard in into that soundproof booth was Clay Thompson's 37 points. And Blake Griffin's dunk on Timofey Mozgov. The highlight room at NBA TV just exploded with screams, and I had to stop highlight calls because it was that loud in the booth. Wow, that that's absolutely amazing. And yeah, the Lob City era was uh, was something else for sure. And that that's a special time to be able to commentate on. Absolutely. So something significant about you and your commentating style is that you are an incredible rhymer you are one of the best rhymers out there and many would even say that you are a rapper spitting some bars out there as the <laughs> commentator so i want to ask who are some of your favorite rhymers or rappers of all time that inspired you in your style okay no this is a great question that i've never been asked but i i like it um i'm going to answer it's it's weird because Eminem said the most underrated rapper of all time is this guy named Tretch, who was with From Naughty, Naughty by, by Nature. Nature. Yeah, yeah. And if if you listen to Hip Hop Hooray, there is a there is a passage in there 
that my head explodes every time I hear it. I can't like I've just blown away that a human could execute this. And that to me is the highest form of rapping I have ever heard in my life. I know that a lot of people think Eminem and some other folks are the greatest ever. But that moment, that one passage is just out of this world good. Um, and so I, I think that's my favorite moment, almost like a favorite play. That's my favorite moment. Um, there's a lot of really talented people that that just blow me away whenever I hear them. Obviously, Jay-Z's in that group. My era, Tupac was incredible. I loved yeah, him. Absolutely. When Snoop Dogg came on the scene, especially early Snoop Dogg, it was different because of his style was just a little bit different and his pacing was a little bit different. So uh, I loved him, loved him a lot. Um, so yeah, there's a, I mean, there's just so much talent uh, in that space that I am, I am nothing but a fan and I am just blown away by what they're able to execute on the mic. That's awesome. And I, I feel you've definitely uh, been able to incorporate some of that into NBA highlights. It's yeah. a unique and awesome style for sure. No, it was, it's a joy for me to be able to do it. I, I think like some, there's this, uh, there's this really sort of fancy schmancy literary review, review called the Kenyon literary review, really high end literary review. And they did a feature on my top tens. Wow. And the guy said, he thinks I have a condition called clanging which is that everything in my head rhymes and I have to work to make it not rhyme. Uh, and it was, it would be almost be like if you did steroids at the Olympics, they should disqualify you for having this. Yeah. Like it's almost rap cheating. Yeah. Um, but he, he suspects I haven't, I've never been diagnosed with it, but it's possible. It's possible okay. that I could have that tick. Right. <laughs> Hey, well, whatever, whatever it is, it whatever works, works. Us because it's uh, it's very entertaining for everyone and Thank pretty you. amazing to hear. So before we wrap wrap this up, I wanted to ask one last question, and that is, what would you say is the most important lesson that you have learned in your life and career? That's a great question. Um, it's, it's this is really going to sound down home and homespun, but. It is, it's really this, it's work hard, but it's more than work hard. I was always a person, I, you know, my name's not Bo Costas. I didn't have a father who was famous or anything like that that could just sort of glide me into the business. I don't have that sort of relationship. So my sense, especially early on was like, I was always worried that if I screwed up just the littlest thing, I was going to get fired. Now, that's not the greatest position to ever be working from because it doesn't free you up creatively. But I was always worked as if that was going to happen. And so I, I just really encourage people. To, it, it's this. Take it really seriously. If the door is open for you just slightly, get in there and work yourself silly. Because my favorite quote of all time, anything, is, is this quote by a, a poet named John Greenleaf Whittier, I believe is his name. And he says, of all the sad words of tongue or of pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. Don't let opportunity go by. Take every last bit of uh, opportunity you can. Work as hard as you can to get the most out of that opportunity and live your fullest life that way. You don't want to have regrets. You don't want to wish that you would have tried just a little harder when you had this great job opportunity because you might not get it again. Uh, and if you work hard and things don't work out, if you work yourself silly and things don't work out, you can live with that 
a lot easier than you can live with. I had great opportunities. I had great talent and I squandered it. Wow. Those are uh, some really amazing words to live by that definitely remind me of uh, a few of my basketball heroes and what they had to say (laughs) as well, but pretty special to hear them coming from you with what you've done and the unique lane you've carved out. And thank you so much for, uh, for coming on today, for sharing your insights, your stories, your time for, uh, you know, just everything that you've done in your career and inspiring people like me um, and to, to be unique and to be themselves and to really do what they love. I really appreciate it. That's the best thing that's happened in my career is that for some odd reason, people seem to enjoy what I've done and have been inspired by it. That's more important to me than anything else I've ever done. It really, it's really meaningful to hear that from you. So I appreciate that. And yeah, anytime you need me to come on scholar, you know, I'm here. Hey, that's awesome. Definitely. This was a blast. I mean, it was, it was so much fun and uh, we got into so much territory and it was wonderful. So uh, before you get out of here, Bo, is there anything else you'd like to add? And then you got to give yourself a plug for where people can find you. <laughs> Look, uh, we're going to be at Sports Business Classroom again this year for NBA Summer League. We, everything's getting ready to be announced. I think uh, personally, what we're creating in the media department is really special. I don't know anywhere else in the world where you have a chance to be in an NBA arena doing a studio show, uh, pre and post game, hosting that, being an analyst on that, going down and calling play by play. We're going to train you with some of the best writers in the business. Uh, I, I just don't know that there's an experience quite like it. So if you want to take that chance, Go to sportsbusinessclassroom.com, look into it. Feel free to get in touch with me. You can get in touch with me at NBA Bo on Twitter. That's N-B-A-B-E-A-U. Reach out to me anytime. I'm glad to talk to anybody who's interested. And uh, to keep having these experiences like you had, Skyler, uh, hopefully to enrich your career and to inspire you and to train you and make you a little bit better. Amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing experience. Couldn't recommend it more highly. And uh, the Twitter handle, you, you did a great plug there as well for Sports Business Classroom yourself. People know where to find you. And, it's like I've done this before. Yes. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like you've done this before. Exactly. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No, nah, man, just best of success. Best of luck to you and uh, what you're doing. And keep me posted on everything because, you know, I'll be watching. Always. Thank you so much, Bo. This was uh, one of my all-time favorite interviews. Uh, I really, really mean that. This was special. And thank you, everyone listening, for tuning in to Sky High Sports and Entertainment. Remember to subscribe and download. And uh, I will be back next week and hope you enjoyed this very, very special episode. Thanks, Bo. Parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself, What would kids do? Then pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. Start planning at visitcalifornia.com.